welcome to AV Plus. It's the new podcast from Commercial Integrator Magazine. It's about AV, but also about the various vertical markets and the specialists who are broadly covered by, well, that frankly inadequate term. My name is Adam Forziati. I'm the web editor for Commercial Integrator. And even though I've only been in this space since May of 2017, I can tell that the phrase AV doesn't quite do justice to the security integrators, the control and automation crowd, the digital signage folks. So we at Commercial Integrator wanted to create a show that speaks to all of those areas and more, all under the umbrella of tech integration. So we hope you'll continue to tune in. Coming up on this, the inaugural episode of AV+, we'll hear from Mike Blackman, the Managing Director of Integrated Systems Europe, on what to expect from ISC 2018. We'll hear a sneak peek of the February 2018 issue of the magazine from CI Editor-at-Large Craig McCormick, and I'll be joined by Craig and Editor-in-Chief Tom LeBlanc for a quick recap of AV News in January, and we'll hear about the very first CI project of the month. So stay tuned, and welcome to AV+. Okay, hopping right into Editor's Desk with Craig McCormack. You're going to tell us a little bit about what you wrote for the magazine this month. Could you uh, elaborate? Yes. So for February, everybody's thinking about uh, international things with with ISE, the biggest international show of the year uh, coming up. So uh, we we try in our February issue to highlight something to do with uh, international flavor. For this year, we uh, we focused on some of the markets where integrators that are focused now in North America can expand beyond the borders. Looked at some where it's a little easier to, to get into, some where it's a little more challenging, whether it's because of politics or currency or, or other considerations. And talked to several experts who've, who've done it and, you know, had some some successes and some failures in, in various markets. So we're not going to spoil everything, uh, but really quick, I wanted to ask you, uh, where are integrators having like the most luck overseas? There are a couple of key areas. Don't give them all away. You can read sure. the full thing, sure. commercialintegrator.com, but... Uh, Craig, can you tell us a little bit about like where they're having the most success? Sure, I, I would say any uh, country where where English is kind of the the language of business is the way it was described to me are, are places where people are having a lot of success. Certainly, Canada and Mexico are you know close to the United States geographically and, and pretty easy to, to break into. And, and England and, and some other places are, are are also areas where they they talked about having good luck. Well, thank you very much, Craig. You can read more on that story and many others at CommercialIntegrator.com. So the powers that be over here at CI are sending me this year to ISC 2018 over in Amsterdam, and I do have to admit I'm feeling a little intimidated by it. There are 15 halls after all, one for each year that the show has been around, and in those halls there are like 1,200 exhibitors, so I'm kind of getting the feeling that each individual hall is going to make Infocom feel like I'm walking around my two-bedroom apartment. But nonetheless, I did find someone who kind of quelled my fears, someone who I think is pretty knowledgeable on this topic. You know, when we started this show, I was so enthusiastic about uh, what we could achieve, and we've achieved much more than I ever dreamed that we could. That is, of course, Mike Blackman. He's the managing director of ISE. He's also the person who makes sure that everything runs smoothly, and I do assure you, everybody, that is a lot to make sure of. 
So he told me a little bit about what to expect going into this year's show, some of the trends that he expects to be very prominent on the show floor. Well, one of the key areas that we saw, and we identified this a couple of years ago, is something coming towards what's actually happening at ISE, but not just at ISE, but the industry, and that's mixed reality, so both uh, virtual and augmented reality. We try to stay away from the game side, which is, I think, what you see everywhere else. We went into partnership with with um, uh, someone running a, a VR show, VR Days, to actually try and present the best of commercial uh, mixed reality solutions. So you're going to see on the show floor, not only in that sector, but around the whole exhibition, some solutions, particularly in digital signage for augmented reality. You'll see projector manufacturers showing some of their solutions or 3D display technology, OLED, you know, having almost all the major display companies participating, um, both flat screen and projection. You'll find that, uh, you know, it's a big theme on uh, what uh, is the state of the art. Uh, and again, with that last time it was 4K, now you're going to see more 8K and even 16K. Robotics is uh, sneaking in. You've seen in the past where people have actually used it for uh, projection mapping or for um, entertainment uh, presentations in, you know, lighting and staging. And um, now you'll actually see it in terms of collaborative communication, uh, the robots that uh, will actually follow you around. You know, I've seen solutions being shown now where you get a robot to go around the show floor for you instead of you being there. AI some great AI solutions that are really incorporating AV, you know, intelligent that you actually go and, and find, you know, your badge can be read and the uh, computer will actually identify, talk to you by name and uh, present a presentation that's probably tailored towards your, um, your interest. It's very difficult for us to track everything. We try to talk to our exhibitors to get as much information as possible, but obviously quite a few of them are trying to hold, keep it under their hats until the very last moment. So they're not uh, uh, upstaged by their rivals. So was I the only one to hear him say robots walking up to you? Machines that can identify you and tailor a custom activity list to your individual preferences? Doesn't that sound a little futuristic? Well, after I got him to forgive me for using the word futurism in our conversation, I did have to ask Mr. Blackman what he thought was so pragmatic about including these, well, really far-out technologies at a commercial and home installation convention. You know, I don't think it's futurism. You know, if people are coming to ISC to see real things, things that are going to happen, it's not it's not just pie in the sky ideas of um, you know what might happen. This is you know you're going to see real solutions that you can incorporate and implement. We're lucky that uh, we have all the major manufacturers coming to show their latest and greatest. Used to be that we when we first started, we got one or two launches. Then everyone started to change their R and D cycles to do the European launches, and now we're having a lot of international first-time launches. ISC is a global event. So something that's really important to note, if you're going to ISC, there's just so much more to do than make appointments with exhibitors. Mike told me a little bit more about what's new this year. You know, what else are you going to see new? Um, It's a larger show floor. We now have 15 halls, making it the largest exhibition in Holland, as well as the largest AV show in the world. You know, we're filling that with 180 new exhibitors. So you know, more than 1,200 exhibitors in total. We have um, an area called the XR Zone where we're showing some mixed reality. But again, as I said, you'll see a lot of mixed reality around the show. We've added to that the XR Summit uh, as a conference uh, to actually try and get the best and give people more of an insight of what's coming in mixed reality. Our Smart Building Conference, we have one hall dedicated towards smart building. 
And we're putting more emphasis on smart cities and saying, okay, you know, it's not just about the building. It's actually the AV being used uh, in cities as a whole, whether it's, um, you know, traffic control, whether it's uh, signage and wayfinding uh, for uh, cars or, you know, just advertising. Yeah, we've revamped them to our show floor theaters. Um, not as many, but more content and a lot more end user focused uh, uh, content in there. Um, we've launched this year the World Masters in Projection Mapping. So we've extended out into the city. And during IIC will be actually be the finals. Projection mapping taking place in the main harbour uh, of the city of Amsterdam on um, the um, Eye Film Museum. In front of that, you'll have water fountains. Uh, and so you're going to have a real mixed presentation of uh, projection mapping on different surfaces. And then to dovetail into that, um, we're working with Blue Loop uh, and doing Blue Loop Live, which is a conference which is focused on the live events industry. So a lot of aspects in there to get different sectors of the community. So definitely a lot to look forward to if you're going. But if you're not, don't worry. We at CI are going to be covering it like a blanket, we promise. My plan, too, will be to drop a couple of episodes a shorter episodes, that is, of this podcast while I'm there at the end of each night. That should really work out well for those in the United States who are listening because uh, Amsterdam is a few hours ahead of us. So definitely keep an ear out for podcast episodes that I'll drop each night telling you about what I saw on the show floor. So now you're going to hear from three quarters of our editorial team, including myself, editor-in-chief Tom LeBlanc, and editor-at-large Craig McCormack once again, in what we're dubbing the first CI Monthly News Spotlight. So stay tuned. I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Tom LeBlanc, the editor-in-chief. Say hi. That's true. I am Tom LeBlanc, the editor-in-chief <laughs> of Commercial Integrator. And we have another guy here, Craig. I'm Craig McCormick, the editor-at-large for Commercial Integrator. Known for your personality on Twitter, a coveted AV tweet. So we're going to dive right in. Uh, Craig, you wrote something about diversity in the AV industry, and we're definitely going to dive right into that because it does certainly have a lot to do with what we published at the beginning of the month, our yearly roundup of 2017. We published extensively at the beginning of the new year. So, uh, Tom, could you start us off with that? Well, it's interesting because we just did our State of the Industry report, and we pulled all sorts of data. But while we were pulling data from folks and talking about their businesses and the different activity and the different markets, we also took the opportunity to take a little take a little demographic snapshot of the industry. And one of the things we learned was that the industry is unbelievably male. So 88% of the industry, uh, at least according to our respondents, are men, and only 12% said they were women. And that's not the worst of it. Um, These are older guys. If you, you know, the the largest age range, age range that we we saw in our data was between 55 and 64. So basically, we are a market of older white men. Now I said white men. That's kind of because you know, it's a pretty standard industry joke that if you go to any executive conference and you just kind of, you know, look around in the audience, you see like the sea of white men, you know, this older white men like gray hair and that sort of thing. We didn't ask about race in our survey, but 
our survey didn't really do anything to discourage that perception. Now, here's the thing. I, people don't really like it or they get uncomfortable when you're talking about these demographics issues, but I think we need to talk about it because I think it's a business issue, right? So we all know that this industry has this big like recruiting challenge. You know, companies are always saying, you know, we want to grow, but we can't find that next generation of you know, young technology or business trained employees or prospects. And the problem is that they don't know about this industry. Okay, well, let's say they learn about this industry. And let's say they learn that most of their colleagues are going to be way older than them and male. Is that a good recruiting tool? Exactly. I I think, like you said, Tom, it is a sensitive subject, but I think the key is, you know, we're not publishing this to discredit the hard work that, you know, white male colleagues in this industry are doing every day. It's, it's not an attack on anybody. It's just a, you know, you can't be aware of an issue unless somebody talks about it, right? Yeah. So I've never brought up this issue and had the person that I said it to not say, yeah, I resemble that description. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always talking to an older white male when I have this conversation <laughs> because that's who's in this industry. Um, yeah. It, so in, in relation to the, the state of the industry and, and some of the demographics that, that uh, you had put together, Tom, I, I did kind of do a little bit of an explore, exploration of kind of the, the racial makeup of, of the industry. And it is a little unusual with the three of us, you know, three white guys sitting around talking about racial <laughs> diversity because obviously, you know, we don't we don't have a lot of that among ourselves. But uh, um, I, I just wonder, you know, kind of, how people are getting to to some of these you know young minorities and and exposing them to the industry. Um, I know there's a lot of outreach between NSCA and Avixa in in terms of um, trying to get into schools and, and expose people to to the industry. But I, I wonder if if a lot of minorities just kind of look at the industry and say, well, there's nobody who looks like me in this industry, so it, maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's not a career that I that I want to get into. Um, I, I have over the years, you know, interviewed a handful of, you know, very talented uh, folks that that are, are not, you know, old white guys and uh, and people that that have certainly proven that that you know there is a place for you know talented people of, of all backgrounds to to be in in this industry and and that's that's kind of what the the blog touched upon um, and since since I did write this blog, um, I've been told that. There's uh, talk of developing a group that that's similar to you know a women in AV sort of sort of thing for for minorities. I, I don't know if it's through a VIXA or through NSCA or just an independent group, but just another way of, of outreach to you know folks that, that may not otherwise know too much about about the industry. Yeah, so I don't want us to come off as if we're saying that we don't think that Avixa and NSCA think it's a big deal and that they're not doing anything about it because we know and have reported that they are. But, I mean, the fact is that it is something that I think the industry needs to continue to pay attention to. Adam, I'm curious about you because, you know, this industry is kind of new to you. You started right before Infocom 2017. What was your impression of the industry? What we're talking about now was basically my observation. You know, yeah, I did not know anything about, you know, commercial technology before I started last May. So coming into it, you know, when you hear about technology and you're a millennial, you automatically enter the, the umbrella of uh, 
you know, consumer tech because there's this thing about millennials being obsessed with their consumer technology. Didn't give me a great uh, jumping off point to enter commercial tech and the whole world therein. But um, definitely from my observations, not seeing a lot of women in this space, not seeing a lot of minorities in this space, not seeing a great place for any young person. I'm really, it really brings me a lot of excitement to edit some of these articles and, and, and post them online that talk about what you know, in industry organizations like VIXA are doing to, uh, to improve these, these issues. I know people kind of get uncomfortable talking about topics like this and, and thinking about things like this about, you know, and, and I'm certainly not saying there should be quotas across any sort of industry, you know, in, in terms of, you know, h- hiring a certain number of minorities or anything like that. I'm, I'm not saying people shouldn't be hired if they don't deserve to, to be hired. I, I just think it, it's, it's a topic that, that we need to kind of think about, you know, how, how do we expose more young people that are minorities to an industry like this and, and get them interested in it at, at an early enough age that you know we can figure out if they do have an aptitude and a talent for it. You know, because the United States as a, as a whole, our demographics have changed in, in between these generations, right? So it, it stands to reason that if you get more young people in general involved in this industry, you'll see, theoretically, you know, more diversification. Well, more young people will get involved in this industry in part because the largest demographic that we uncovered in our survey are, like I said, between 55 and 64 years old. Those guys probably want to retire soon. (laughs) The the second largest group is between 45 and 54. And then the third largest group, which is pretty close in size to the second largest group, is between 35 and 44. Now, Adam, you you might not think that's young, but... (laughs) That's pretty young. And then, you know, the smallest group is between 25 and 34, but of course it is, right? Like, you know, that's that's the way it goes in, in business. I think that there are a lot of young people in the industry and, you know, a lot of the folks that we engage with, because we try to engage with dynamic folks within the industry, are young. I just think it needs to, you know, it needs to become more of the norm for, you know, there to be a sort of a younger influence on the industry. I kind of feel like we've talked about something that could be perceived as a criticism of the industry, even though I think it's an important topic for us to talk about. But I mentioned that state of the industry report that we did. I want to throw out some data from the report because a lot of the stuff is really, really positive about where the industry is coming out of 2017 and at the beginning of 2018. So more than half of our survey respondents, 52%, describe their overall business climate as very good or excellent. 91% say overall business climate is better than last year. More than a third expect to grow at least 11% this year. Optimism is just off the charts. Just, I'm curious from you guys, is it that good out there? I think I'm starting to to hear a lot of the same same sort of optimism about about the industry. It, it certainly wasn't that way all the time, you know, the 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 entire time that CI's been around. But but there definitely does seem to be a a positive feeling about you know the the environment and the the uh, you know the the economic conditions at the, at this point. I, I don't know exactly what to attribute that to. Um, that there's a lot of talk that that maybe the uh, the tax overhaul will will even help that even further. So. Um, it, 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 
definitely does we do have a sense of optimism out there and, and that's certainly a good good thing for everybody involved okay Craig McCormick coming out for the tax overhaul by Donald Trump <laughs> not something you're not hopping ne- on quickly. Not, not necessarily an endorsement by me it's just just something that that industry uh, industry experts are, are saying is 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 a, a, a facet that that could help uh, could help that uh, that economic condition as well I've also heard a lot of folks in the industry express optimism as a result of that as well uh, I just spoke recently with Mike Blackman and he says that you know Mike Blackman yes he is the uh, managing director of ISE the trade show in Amsterdam if, if anything if you want to look at a microcosm of how a company is doing well economically speaking are they going to trade shows are they, do they have uh, you know staff that they can pay for to go overseas or in in the states go to Las Vegas or Orlando for infocom you know th- these are major expenses that I don't think uh, you know a majority of uh, AV businesses would invest in if they weren't doing somewhat well financially. Uh, they're setting records over in Amsterdam for ISC every year, uh, and as I understand it, that's been the trend for the past couple of years, at least, if not the last few years. And uh, Mike Blackman told me he felt very confident that not only will this year's attendance be you know, setting another record, but next year's as well. So if that's any indicator for how things are going, I think it is worth mentioning. Yeah, and it's it's not just ISE that's setting records. It's almost every industry show. I mean, uh, B, the BLC by NSCA is, has been setting records the last several years. The uh, Business Leadership Conference? Business and Leadership Conference, yes. Uh, Infocom has been setting attendance records. Digital Signage Expo. Uh, al- almost every industry show seems to be you know setting attendance records the last, last couple of years. So that's obviously a good sign. So 2018 off to a good start. We need to find some more negative things to report on. (laughs) I'm just the man to do it. Uh, So what else uh, happened in in January besides us talking about our own material? What what news can we uh, sort of condense here that happened in January that's worthy of mentioning? Well, I mean, coming out of 2017, you know, the industry was in this, like I like to call it, a hyper state of mergers and acquisitions. Well, it was pretty early in January, right, Craig, when the first acquisition hit? Yeah, I think I think I wrote about it. It was either January 2nd or 3rd was, was the first acquisition of the year. So so it's 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 certainly off to another hot start. And from, from everything um, I've heard from industry consultants and things, it's, it's going to be another busy year of, of uh, mergers and acquisitions. If... If not, you know, another couple of years that that it's going to be, uh, you know, pretty active. So, should we, from here on out, in our monthly uh, talks over previous month's news, should we approach this like we've just done in terms of making a compliment sandwich? Remember those? Like, start off with a criticism, end with a compliment. I think that's a pretty <laughs> positive ending point. I mean, we're looking into, you know, this upcoming year, and we have a couple of trade shows that are poised to. Uh, break records, and I'll definitely be reporting from ISC in a couple weeks, but um, that seems like a pretty uh, solid outlook so far. Okay. Well, I'll, ch- I'll test out the compliment sandwich thing when I get home tonight and see if that works at home <laughs> as well. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you for talking with me today, and uh, I look forward to recording next month with you both. Great. We'll see you then. Thanks. Thanks. 
You just heard from me, Editor-in-Chief Tom LeBlanc, and Editor-at-Large Craig McCormick on some of the larger Pro-AV stories that we heard about in January. I wanted to take a moment now, though, to remind you that this episode, the first episode of AV+, is going to be a bit longer than most of what we plan to release. So the idea at the current time is we really want to introduce uh, smaller episodes on a more weekly, bi-weekly basis, and then the longer sort of recap episodes at the end of each month. So that's something to look forward to. But now I wanted to cap off this episode by introducing something pretty special. It's going to be called CI Project of the Month, and it's going to sort of detail interesting uh, installations that we see you excellent creative integrators uh, putting out out there in the world. So enjoy. If you ask somebody to whistle something, like anything, what they're probably going to do is either something a little indecent or something a little bit musical, maybe something cinematic. For those of you who aren't familiar, that's the theme to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. It's a famous Clint Eastwood western. The soundtrack is probably the most popularly known work by composer Ennio Morricone, but fans of his know him for so much more. He's composed 19 albums worth of material spanning several decades. A huge smattering of that material was on display during his 60 years of music tour, and it sounded great thanks to L-Acoustic sound systems. Marconi's longtime front-of-house engineer, Fabio Venturi, tried out L-Acoustic's L-ESA sound system just to compare it to the system he was already using. My reaction was that not only the, the large things, but also the timber we can use, uh, give us uh, uh, a more clear, more, more immersive uh, Now, Fabio and his team, they sort of did a side-by-side comparison in two different theaters between the LISA system and another L-Acoustic sound system, and they found in both the 12,000 and 8,000-seat arenas, the sound coming out of an LISA system really reverberated nicely throughout the 240 degrees of coverage in these huge arenas. And apparently the quality of the sound really impressed Ennio Morricone himself. He said that the LISA multi-channel system added a sense of space to his sound and that it made it possible for his front-of-house engineers to reproduce his performance with an orchestra and a couple of vocalists with surprisingly realistic sound images of that orchestra and that more than ever before, there was a clear feeling of being enveloped by his music. So you can read the full story on CommercialIntegrator.com, but we hope you'll continue to tune in each month at the end of the month for this longer episode of AV+, in addition to the weekly ones we'll put out, so that you can hear each one of CI's projects of the month. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of AV+, a new podcast from Commercial Integrator. I'm CI's web editor, Adam Forziati, and I can't wait to talk to you next time.